Welcome to Catch the Fire London's podcast. We pray that you will be radically transformed as you listen to this message. So why don't you stretch your hands out upon Stu. And Father, we just release a blessing over Stu right now. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you that despite what has been happening in the natural, that you have been on him and in him and you've revealed yourself in such an incredible way to him. And Father, I ask right now that you pour out a double portion upon him this morning, that as he ministers to us, that he would receive as well, and that you'd anoint him right now for such a time as this, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I've got a minute and a half. (laughs) Oh, it's weird being up here. Well, hello. For those of you who don't know what's been going on, um, Chloe and I have had some end-of-life care for Chloe's aunt and then uncle, um, who died six weeks apart from each other. And we had the privilege of being with them as they were dying and as they passed into glory. And both of them were saved. And so there was no problem with the idea of them dying. Um, they know where they were going, and they were very excited about going there. Um, you could pray for me. Um, Tony was one of the highest Freemasons in Europe. Um, in more of it, he kind of retired, but he, that, was, that was his position uh, a number of years ago. And um, their funeral is this Friday afternoon, 2.30 in the afternoon, and I get to preach, which means I'm going to be preaching to probably a number of hundred free, Freemasons. And that is a privilege. And many years ago, and I'll tell them all this, because uh, I said to Tony, he said to me, you should preach at my funeral. And I said, Tony, you don't want me to preach at your funeral. He was 92. He was talking about like every Christmas for the last 25 was probably my last sort of. But he was 92 and he said, you should preach at my funeral. I said, I, I don't think you want me to preach at your funeral. He said, why would you not want to preach at my funeral? I said, because you're going to have a lot of people there that don't believe the same things I do. And I'm going to talk a lot about Jesus if I preach at your funeral. And he's like, that's exactly why you should do it. I'm like, game on. Um, Tony died from lung cancer uh, a week and a half ago. And um, in the last days, he also contracted COVID and um, gave that to Chloe and I as he was dying uh, as a parting gift. And um, so we basically got no symptoms of it whatsoever, but we both tested positive. But then after Chloe tested negative, she got some sinus issues, which is why she's not here today. Um, so that's that. Please pray for us. We are absolutely buzzing at the moment with what God is doing. And even, you know, as, as we were coming up to Christmas, you can just see things bubbling within Catch the Fire London. You could dwell was starting to bubble. Sundays were starting to bubble. We get to lay hands on people again. I mean, who knew that that was a thing in the body of Christ during COVID? Obviously, that went out the window. Um, but we're just really getting some fire back about what God wants to do in and through this community of people. And we have a lot more than you realize. I keep saying it and people keep being surprised, but we have a campus of this church in Mexico City. And there's a growing group of people in Mexico. We have a growing group of people in South London. 
and Stephen is the uh, the leader, one of the leaders of them, with Kate. And um, and there's people in. I was in St Albans today with uh, this morning with uh, Fiona and Scott Fraser, um, as they're starting to. Uh, they're in the culture defining stage of starting an organisation, and so there's um, Martha's with them, and Laura and her two girls are with them, and Zarina's with them. Nicole's with them, and a couple of others are with them. Will and Sophia are with them. And so we've kind of like released a bunch of people into the St. Albans area. We've also got some people in Norfolk who are leaning on this church, and, and you, and you may not even know that, but I wanted you to know that that's what's happening. There is a lot going on at the moment, and we're really excited by that. But there's no point in having one minute and a half to preach if I'm going to talk to you about notices. Come with me to 1 Samuel 16. I have three points, and if I only have time to say the titles, that is okay. My first point, where are you? There you are. Let's just read the first, some verses, 13 verses, I think it is. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. (laughs) I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? Saul will hear about it and kill me. Anyone had that conversation with God? God, you clearly don't know all the facts. I better instruct you with some information, God. No, just me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Elijah and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then made Shema pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons that you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he's tending to the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy. That's what my Bible says. He was ruddy with a fine appearance. (laughs) Sounds like a chat-up line. He was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Samuel then went to Ramah. Everyone say, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. That's where we're going, all right? So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, and then I'll tell you what I've told you, all right? That's where we're going today. We are going to get to a place where we lay hands on you, and it may be me laying hands on someone who lays hands on you, but I want everyone who is willing to have their their head 
splatted on by someone else's hand who will have gel on their hand. It's not anointing oil, but it is antibacterial gel because that's the season we're in. And so if you would prefer your forehead, just let them know. But hey, here's the deal. First point. Samuel, how does this start? The Lord said to Samuel, now this is Samuel, this is prophet Samuel, this is prophet Samuel who's done most things right in his whole life. In fact, his ministry starts with him snuggled up in the temple. He's so used to the presence of God and the the voice of the Lord hadn't been there and then he hears the voice and he goes running into Eli and they're like, this is Samuel. He's the guy who hears God's voice. And how does chapter 16 start? The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? What are you still doing here since I have rejected him? Samuel, who is a prophet, who's heard the voice of the Lord, who knows the voice of the Lord, is getting a slap down. He's doing the wrong thing. Here's what I wanted to say. Where's Tanya? I want you to come up here and I want you to repent on behalf of prophets who hear the voice of the Lord. No, I'm joking. Just because you heard him doesn't mean you're behaving well. Just because you know his voice doesn't mean you're even listening to him. And I just wanted to put a little bit of a warning out across the charismatic body of Christ to just chill out when it comes to how anointed you are. Because there's too many people out there saying, I heard the Lord and therefore, and they connect things that are not connected. Samuel was an amazing prophet and it starts with the Lord saying, what are you doing? Your behavior is not in line with my will. And this is the guy who then goes on to hear the Lord with consonants, vowels, sentences, full stops and abbreviations. Like this is a guy who knows the voice of God and yet he's behaving contrary to the will of God's. And so I just wanted to just put a little bit of a slap at the start of what we're saying. Chill out with how good you are at hearing God's voice and listen. Because when you listen, you will hear his voice. And for some of you who don't know our culture, we absolutely believe that every single person who has said yes to Jesus can hear his voice. But you need to listen to hear And Moses didn't enter the promised land because he made assumptions on what he thought God wanted to do. You heard that story? Strike the rock, water came out, speak to the rock. He struck the rock because even though he knew the voice of God, he made assumptions in what he should be doing. And I felt the Lord say, stop it. Tell the person next to you, stop it. And if that wasn't bad enough, he gets, so he hears hears God, he he complains a little bit, tells God some information that God clearly had forgotten. Then he goes into this situation and the first guy that comes up to him, Samuel saw Elijab and thought, surely the Lord's anointing stands before me. He's literally just learned a lesson with God saying, you don't always get it right. He goes into the situation, looks at the outward appearance and says, here's the Lord's anointed. Samuel was about to anoint the wrong person. That would be catastrophic for the Israel nation. Again, listen don't make assumptions in your walk with God. There was someone in our church who preached once that mature people in God don't need to hear his voice before they act. 
because the, the emphasis was you should be mature enough in him to be able to act regardless. You should, like, what's the example? You don't need to hear the voice of God to get out of bed in the morning. You don't need to hear the voice of God to put clothes on in the morning. You don't need to hear the voice of God to eat in meals and be healthy and all the rest of it. That was the kind of emphasis. But I stood up the next week and basically disagreed with the preach that had happened the week before because I'm sorry, the ultimate behavior in the kingdom of God is hearing his voice and doing nothing until you've heard his voice. Jesus said, I will don't do anything I haven't seen you do, and I don't say anything I haven't heard you say. The ultimate is not to get so mature you don't need God. The ultimate is to get so mature that you only need God. Why don't you stand? I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to invite you to repeat after it. What we're going to do is we're going to repent for all of that. We're going to repent for making assumptions and we're going to repent for not listening to prophets and we're going to repent for not listening to God. Is that okay? Heavenly Father, we choose to repent. Why don't you say that? For ignoring you, making assumptions about you, making assumptions about what you've said and making assumptions about what you want. But we also repent for not listening to you to prophets, to the word of God. Some of us aren't even reading it. I repent where I haven't read the word of God, meditated on it, and acted out of it. That was stupid. Deliver me, God, from the spirit of stupid. Tom Allsop did a preach once here. He's always a guy for words. He looked at the word assume and he saw three words in the word assume and he he preached, to assume makes an ass out of you and me. That's the word assume. Tell the person next to you, stop making assumptions. But right now, I just release an impartation of hearing his voice, hearing the Father's voice, hearing the Holy Spirit, hearing the beloved one, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that together we would be a company of people that grows in how to hear his voice so accurately that we're hearing the small things, we're hearing the big things, we're hearing the stops, we're hearing the goes, we're hearing where we're sent, we're hearing what to do, and we're hearing how to do it. And we're hearing when to do it. <laughs> I've preached this before, but I just, I'm, a, I'm bemused by how clear Moses heard God pre the cross. When they built the temple and the tabernacle, they're like, this many units and this material and this angle and this bit joins to this bit and this bit's going to be gold, but this bit's going to be bronze. And this bit's going to, it's just like so much specific detail. And some of us are like, I don't even know which country I'm supposed to live in. 
He's just hearing like how many cubits and how many little bits and how this, that and the other. And we're like, where are we supposed to go? Like, what am I supposed to do? Father, upgrade our ability to hear you. And right now we just put the cross of Christ between everything that prevents us, distracts us, confuses us or or diverts us from the exact, specific and perfect word of God. We say no to every demon that's attached and is distracting us. Anyone else? Amen. Okay, you can take a seat. Verse 11 says, um, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he's tending the sheep. And I just, as I was preparing this, and thank you, Alistair, for sort of, he's doing this, he's done this whole series that we're kind of following the life of David. But as I was preparing this, I was like, wow. David was already doing what God wanted him to do before he was called to do it. He was a shepherd looking after sheep. He was a warrior defeating the bear and the lion. He was already doing what God wanted him to do before God had called him to be the king of Israel who was going to be a shepherd and a warrior. And I felt the Lord just say, what are you doing? Well, I'm waiting for writing on the wall. I'm, you know, someone came up to me once and they said, um, I'd like to preach. I'm like, that's nice. What would you like to preach on? Like, I'd like to preach on prophetic evangelism. I was like, oh, really? Um, what testimonies do you have? Oh, I don't, but I know the teaching and I'm really good at teaching prophetic evangelism. I've done it in this church and this church and this church. You want to preach on prophetic evangelism and you don't have examples of prophetic evangelism in your everyday life, you're never preaching in this church on prophetic evangelism. Like, if you're not preaching what you're doing, if you're not preaching what you're living, if you're not already doing what God wants you to do before God calls you to do it, then there's something wrong with that. You know, I don't know what, I don't know what your name is. I know some of your names, obviously, but... Most people have really elaborate names when you look at the original meaning of the words. It's like, what's your name? Oh, my name's Sarah. What does that mean? Oh, angel. You know, what's your name? My name's, I don't know, whatever your name is. And it's, I am the warrior, the spear of God. And, and my name's Stuart, which means steward. Which isn't really very inspiring. And for years, I was really depressed about how rubbish my name was. Because, if, like, honestly, you go to people like, what's your name? And I love, I love the multicultural world that we live in now because I'm always at a restaurant or even if, I, if you tell me your name on, in, and I've got enough time, I'll be like, what does your name mean? And most people don't know what their names mean. I always look and I'll, I'll Google it in front of you and find out what your name means because names are really important scripturally and biblically. My name means steward. And then God spoke to me once and he's like, to steward estates, organizations, houses, cultures, people's lives. Steward is shepherd. What's really interesting is that all through my primary school, I was leading. I was the leader. I was always leading and I was always pastoring before I was a leader or a pastor. 
I was seven years old in the playground, sat with people going, what happened? I remember it. I remember Monk's Orchard Primary School in Croydon, South London. I know. I've come a long way. And I remember sat in the playground with people who'd had a fight with each other and I'd sit there and I'd do reconciliation between my two friends at like six, seven, eight years old. I was also always the leader of the football team or the cricket team. I couldn't even play cricket, but I was the leader. Like I was leading before God called me to be a leader and I was pastoring before God called me to be a pastor. David was shepherding and he was a warrior before God called him to do it. But here's the kicker. Firstly, if it's not in you, it's not going to be in you it's very unusual for God to go you've never done this before in your whole life do it now there are examples of that we've got a friend called Kelly Warren Oji and she used to be called Kerry Warren before she married Robert Oji and she sat down in her friend's house and God said play the piano and she'd never been musical ever in her life. And she sat at a friend's piano and was immediately brilliant at the piano. It was like complete impartational transformation. No, no, like she wasn't even musical before that moment. But most of the time, if it's not in you, it's not going to be in you. You're waiting for something that's either already in you and you just need to start working it. You need to start exercising it. You need to, like some people say, I'm called to start a business. Well, what are you doing about it? Like, well, I'm waiting. For what? I'm waiting for the million pounds to drop through the post box. Like, no. If you're called to be a business person, that will be evident in your life. You will be doing stuff. And even if you're, and this is the thing, don't despise the small beginnings. Because David sat out there, stupid bears, lions with big teeth and all my bros are back there having a party and they get to go to the sacrificial thing and they get to meet the prophet and David's there and it'd be really easy for him to be like, I always the one who misses out. And God's like, you, don't despise small beginnings, but if it's not in you, it's not in you. Either it's a miraculous moment about to happen or you got the wrong thing. David was already doing what he was called to do before he was called to do it. I was pastoring children in a playground before God called me to be a pastor. But there's keys there. I haven't got time for this. But there are keys there. Things that are happening in your life Things that have happened in your life repeatedly are probably God's call in your world. So look back at your history and you'll find what God wants in your life. All right, last bit. David had been equipped. This, I've heard this preached so many times. David was equipped and he was prepared and he had everything in his life that was given to him to do what he was called to do. He was a shepherd before he was a shepherd of Israel. He was a warrior before he was the warrior of Israel. Like everything was happening in his life. It was already there, but then this happened. The Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. I'm such a fanatic for anointing. Because he was prepared, he was called, he was ready, 
But there was this moment in God which changed all of that earthly human history which has been used by God. What's Paul say? Uh, Paul Manwaring says, he wastes nothing, he gets you ready. Like there's so much in his history ready for this moment and so many of us don't wait for the moment or they don't acknowledge the moment, they don't look for the moment. I'm a fanatic for impartation. And I say that, if you don't know me that well, you'll probably think I'm one of those people that falls along the floor and I'm a really kind of like, way happy, clappy, charismatic person. That's not my experience most of the time, but I'm an absolute addict for impartation and I'm an absolute addict for anointings. If there's someone who's anointed in the room, I'm going to get them to pray for me because I'm waiting for God to supernaturally supercharge me in a moment so that what happens next looks like this. From that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. How many people would like a supernatural version of God's calling in your life? And that's what I was, like. this is where we're going to finish now. I just felt God say, many of us have been called and please repent for the stuff. <coughs> repent for the assumptions. Repent, repent, repent. But then let's get hands laid on us that takes everything that's in us and supernaturally supercharges it so that we can release it to the world. Who's up for that? <coughs> okay. This is going to look a bit random. Has everyone got a little gel on them? If you have gel, can you bring the stuff from outside as well? <clears throat> We're going to pray for some people. We want to release the commissioning, an impartation, and an anointing so that what happens in your life is supernaturally supercharged. Okay? If you do not want a supernatural supercharging, feel free to just disappear at any point from this moment onwards. But we're going to be praying for some people. People I call up, you can bring your children with you and you can use them as part of the impartation or you can just decline the offer. That is absolutely fine. Simeon Flacker, can you come to the front? If you would like an upgrade in the intercessory prayer, communion with God and intimacy with Jesus, I want you to come and get prayed for by these two. Sarah, if you are a business person and you would like a supernatural business, then you're going to come to Sarah. Dwayne. If you would like an up, you can get more than one impartation, okay? Like, don't be scrimping and saving. Like, these people have got enough juice. Dwayne's our worship pastor. If you would like an upgrade in worship and the life, and I'm not talking about, I want to sing better. I'm talking about a lifestyle of worship that takes you deep into the secret place with Jesus. Now, here's the deal. You come and get prayer from these two 
and you don't create space in your diary for praying with Jesus, then don't come up for a prayer, all right? You've got to change your life to be walking this out, okay? Worship, exactly the same. Okay, Ali and Abby. These two have an impartation to release on leadership. They have leadership in the marketplace, leadership in the charitable and church world. And so if you would like a leadership impartation, Andrew and Shireen, you can bring kids, don't worry about that, more the merrier. These guys are going to pray for you if you are in the entertainment industry or anything to do with music or um, entertainment or online stuff, uh, artists, anything like that, then I want you to come to these guys. Tanya, can you release yourself? You want to learn how to, you want an upgrade, a supernatural upgrade on hearing the voice of God and the ability to speak that out to people? Tanya is going to have a team or a couple of people with her. And we're going to do that. Don't, and here's, here's, what's, here's what's not going to happen. Anyone's going to get offended that I didn't call you forward, all right? This is just me working with God, okay? Flicky and Rita, can you pair up? I would love for these guys to release an impartation of care. We've got life coaching, you've got inner healing, you've got pastoral care within these two. Okay, what's going to happen now is we're running out of time. So if you know what impartation you want, just come forward, okay? And I'm just going to keep on going and we're going to keep on going. James and Anne, when you've got your impartation, James and Anne, wave. These two are going to release an impartation of hospitality because they are good at loving people. And here's, I really am going to get offended if anyone does that hands near, weird, kind of like gentle prayer here. This is a releasing of the anointing of God, which is going to change someone's life. And as you have your life changed, please feel free to respond like someone who's just been touched by heaven. That camera. We're just going to pray for everyone who's at home. That every impartation that has just been mentioned, an impartation that you need to change your life in this moment, we just release it right now in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We bless you to have an upgrade, a supernatural supercharging of business. We bless you to have an upgrade, a supernatural supercharging of pastoral care, of leadership, of worship, of intercession and prayer, of the prophetic gift of entertainment industry. We just release those impartations to you right here, right now. Be blessed and never the same again in Jesus' name. If you're new to us, these are impartations. They don't take long because it's releasing a gift from Jesus. If you're at the front and you're ready to move on, just put your hand up. You can leave the people stood there. We'll just create a little mess. It's okay. 
If you know where you want to go and it's not the person on the end, then just come in and find the person, just stand behind them. There's a commissioning here, a releasing of an impartation and an anointing that upgrades you. Worship's spot is free at the moment. The leadership spot is also free and the entertainment spot is also free if you would like to come forward for that. Just squeeze past. If you're not used to churches that expect God to move and expect God to change people's lives, then sometimes what happens is the bodies do move and the bodies vibrate and they, they, we call them manifestations. If that's uncomfortable for you, then please come and ask questions. It's really okay. There's numerous examples in the scripture where people's bodies moved when God's spirit touched them. I'm going to encourage you not to release your life story. I'm going to encourage you not to tell them all the detail as to why you need it, but just say, I want the impartation. Give it to me. It's like the Elisha anointing. It's like, I want a double portion of this thing. And I'm not letting go. I'm not turning away. I'm not backing down until I get it. Was it Jacob? He held on. He held on and ended up with a broken leg because he was holding on so tight. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. It's that kind of fierce desire that God is looking for. Feel free to come in and stand behind the person who's being prayed for. If for any reason the crowd of people is, is not comfortable for you, then what we'll do is we'll get one of the team, like Anne over there, we'll, you go to Anne and she'll help you out if, if coming into a melee is too much. Entertainment and arts. Hey, these guys are also business leaders, so if you want a business upgrade, you can come to these guys as well as Sarah. Prayer and intercession is free. Receiving an impartation is very active. It's a definite grabbing hold of something that's being released to you. So it's not a passive thing. It doesn't go in by osmosis. It goes in because you grab hold of it. If you're waiting in the wings, feel free to slide in behind someone who's being prayed for. kingdom of God come now, will of God be done now in Jesus' name. Leadership post is free in the middle here. If you'd like an upgrade in leadership, Abby and Ali are here. If you would like an impartation for mission and for going to places and causing transformation, then Rebecca is over here, wave. Rebecca would be more than happy to pray for you for mission and going to somewhere to change a location in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> for those of you waiting, my three points were stop being arrogant about your prophetic gift. Listen to Jesus. Are you already doing what you've been called to do? And you need an anointing, even if you can do it. 
because we don't want good people doing good things. We want supernatural people doing supernatural things. Pastoral care is free down here. Leadership's free in the middle. If you are new to us, please do not leave the room without making yourself known to one of the team. James and Anne are stood at the side. They would love to say hello to you if you are new to us. Or if you haven't been for a while, we would love to connect with you again. <clears throat> 